It's time for Show What You Know, the podcast from Encyclopedia Britannica, where kids get to test their knowledge and match their wits to win cool prizes. And now, all the way from Great Britain, here is the editor of the Britannica all-new Kids Encyclopedia and the host of Show What You Know, Christopher Loy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Show What You Know. My name is Christopher Lloyd, and like many of you out there, I am a firm believer that the real world is far more amazing than anything you can make up. But sometimes the real world is so amazing that we can't believe our own eyes. And you don't have to look any further than today's topic, our own planet Earth, to see what I mean. Once upon a time, billions of years ago, our planet was just a piece of molten rock floating in space. How this barren, lifeless lump has been transformed into the world we live in today is an incredible story. The most amazing ever told. Now, before we get to our first quiz, let's review the ground rules. Each of our three contestants has received a chapter about planet Earth from the Britannica all-new kids encyclopedia, What We Know and What We Don't. They've each had 24 hours to study the chapter and prepare for the quiz. So, now let's meet our three contestants and see what they've learned. Contestant number one. Hi, my name is Duncan. I'm 10 years old and I'm from Chicago. Contestant number two. Hi, my name is Ella. I'm 10 years old and I'm from Darien, Illinois, outside of Chicago. Contestant number three. Hi, I'm Sanjana. I'm 11 years old, and I'm from Short Hills, New Jersey. Are you guys ready to play Show What You Know? Yes! Yes! Okay! Our first quiz is called... True or False? I'm going to give you all a series of facts, and you have to tell me which ones are true and which ones are false. The first contestant to hit the buzzer and give the right answer gets one point. But if you get the wrong answer, you lose a point. All right, here we go. Water boils faster the higher you climb. The first person there was Ella. Congratulations, Ella. Is that question true or false? True. Very good indeed. So water boils faster if you're up a mountain compared with when you're down at the ground level. Very good. You get one point. Thank you. Here's the next question. Fossil fuels will never run out. Duncan, congratulations. You hit your buzzer first. Was that answer true or false? That answer is false. Okay, so you think fossil fuels will run out? Yes. You're right. Okay, here we are. Well done, Duncan. You've got a point. Thank you. Third question. Are you ready? Here we go. The Earth's atmosphere is mostly oxygen. Ella, you were first on the buzzer. Is that question true or false? False. Very good. Do you know which gas is the most common in the atmosphere? Nitrogen. It's 78% nitrogen, 21% oxygen, and 1% other gases. You are amazing. That is fantastic. You get one point. Thank you. Here we are with our last question of the round. Hurricanes are measured using the Saffir-Simpson scale. Ella, you are quick on that buzzer. Well done, Ella. Is that true or false? True. Excellent. Very good indeed. Yes, they're measured on the Saffir-Simpson scale, measured between one for a very small hurricane to five, which is a monster storm. Ella, you get a point. 
Thank you. So after our first round, Duncan has one point, Ella has three points, and Sanjana has zero points. We're getting off to a great start. Let's give a hearty cheer for the contestants. <laughs> no, not booing. I said cheering. <laughs> That's more like it. The next round is called... Listify. And here's how it works. I'm going to read a list. And one of the things on the list doesn't belong there. After I've finished reading the list, the first contestant to hit the buzzer and tell us what shouldn't be on the list wins the quiz. A correct answer is worth four points. So here we go. All the following are climate types except one. Which of the following is not a climate type? Tropical, subtropical, megatropical, temperate, polar or highland? And the first buzzer was Sanjana. Congratulations. Can you tell us which one in that list didn't belong there? Megatropical. Oh, very good indeed. Yes, it sounds like it ought to be a climate type, doesn't it? Megatropical. But you're absolutely right. That is not technically a climate term. So congratulations, Sanjana. You have four points. Thank you. We have to take a short break here. But we'll be back with more of Show What You Know right after this word from our sponsor. Howdy, kids. How would y'all like to come on down to Wally's Water Stand and have a nice, cool drink of refreshing dinosaur water? That's right, kids. We're selling the same water the dinosaurs drank. You have your choice of T-Rex water, Triceratops water, and my own personal favorite, Brontosaurus water. It's only $25 a glass. And while you're here, make sure to visit our gift shop where we sell authentic petrified dinosaur poop. It may just look like an ordinary rock, but this dinosaur poop is the real deal. Now, you just tell your mom or dad to get in the car and drive on over to Wally's Water Stand. Hold on a minute. You're ripping these kids off. We all drink the same water the dinosaurs drank. It's the same fresh water that's been recycled by nature for the last 4.6 billion years. What are you, some kind of expert? It's just science. You see, the water on Earth forms vapour that goes into the air. Then the vapour cools and turns into clouds. When the droplets of water inside the clouds get too big, then the water falls back down to the ground as rain or snow. And this has been going on, as I say, for billions of years. So there's nothing special about your dinosaur water. People can get the same water out of their tap at home. Oh, yeah? Hit it, boys! So what about the dinosaur poop? You're telling me that's not real dino poop? You mean coprolites. That's what we call fossilized poop. And yes, I'm telling you that you're not selling real dinosaur poop. Dinosaur coprolites are extremely rare. There are only a few known specimens in the whole world. Well, buddy, you sure rained on my parade. This is the last time I advertise on your show. Will you stop playing that music? This ad is over. Oh, I tell you, I'm going to have to talk to my producer about these commercials. So, where are we? Uh, that's right. It's time to check the scores. Duncan has one point. Ella has three points. 
And Sanjana now has raced into the lead with four points. That brings us to our next quiz. Phony baloney. We call it phony baloney because there are four incorrect things in the sentences I'm about to read you. And when you hear the wrong thing, you have to shout baloney. So let's give it a try. Everyone shout... Baloney! That was great. Now, after you shout baloney, you can get an extra point if you tell me what the correct answer is. Okay, we'll start with contestant number one, which is Duncan. So, Duncan, when you hear something that doesn't sound right, what do you shout? Baloney! Okay, terrific. Your subject, Duncan, is volcanoes. We know where most volcanoes are located, but not when they will erupt. Three quarters of the Earth's volcanoes are situated around the Pacific Ocean in what is called the Circle of Volcanoes. Baloney! Oh, what was wrong with that, Duncan? Circle of Volcanoes is actually the Ring of Fire. Oh, that's fantastic. Great. Yes, it's called the Ring of Fire. Well done. Let's continue. All volcanoes erupt in the same way. Baloney! What's wrong with that, Duncan? Some erupt suddenly and some ooze gently year after year. Yeah, there are all kinds of different types of volcanoes and volcanic eruptions. The most terrifying, I think, is a pyroclastic flow. You're absolutely right. Congratulations. You got it. Beneath most mountain volcanoes is a pool of molten mucus. Baloney. Oh, okay. What is the right answer, do you think, Duncan? It's molten rock, also known as magma. Oh, very good. Indeed it is. Congratulations. Scientists who study volcanoes are called fireologists. Baloney. Oh, okay. What's wrong with that, Duncan? They're actually called volcanoologists. Volcanologists. Excellent. Well done, Duncan. So at the end of that round, you identified all four of the balonies and you gave the correct answers, which gives you a maximum of eight points. Well done, Duncan. Thank you. All right, moving on to Ella. Hi. Hi. Okay, are you ready to play Phony Baloney? Yes. Great. Well, your subject is Earth's ice. So here goes. Most of the world's fresh water is liquid. Baloney. Oh, really? What's the problem? Most of the world's fresh water is actually frozen. Very good indeed, Ella. Here we go. Most of the Earth's frozen water is in two vast ice sheets near the equator. Baloney. Yes. Okay. What's the problem? Two vast ice sheets are near the poles, not the equator. Very good. Well spotted. Of course they are, near the North Pole and the South Pole. So, right now, the Earth's ice sheets are growing. Baloney! Okay, what's the problem where? Earth's ice sheets are actually shrinking. Okay, let's carry on to the end. The two big ice sheets that cover Greenland and Africa hold much of the world's fresh water. Baloney! Well, what did you spot? Two big ice sheets cover Greenland and Antarctica, not Africa. Oh, well done, Ella. That's tremendous. You spotted all four inaccuracies, you shouted out baloney, and you gave four correct answers for a total of eight points. Thank you. Okay, on to contestant number three. Sanjana, you're up next. Are you ready? Yes. And your subject, Sanjana, is mountains. So, here goes. There are mountains on every continent. Most mountains are single peaks on their own. Baloney! Really? What's the problem? Most mountains are a part of chains. 
Oh, yes, they are, aren't they? You're absolutely right. Well done. The highest mountain always have grass on the top. Baloney. The highest mountains always have snow at the top. Very good. Of course they do. The world's highest mountain is Mount Fuji. Baloney. The world's highest mountain is actually Mount Everest. Very good. Mount Everest is 29,029 feet at its summit, which makes it the highest mountain on Earth. Okay, next sentence. Most of the world's mountain ranges are fold mountains made by the shifting of dinner plates. Baloney. Most of the world's mountain ranges are fold mountains, but they're made by the shifting of tectonic plates, not dinner plates. Very good. Not dinner plates. Tectonic plates. Of course they are. That is absolutely fabulous. Congratulations, Sanjana. You again scored a maximum eight points. Thank you. So let's see how our contestants came out of this last round. We have Duncan on nine points. We have Ella on 11 points. And Sanjana is on 12 points. We still have two more quizzes to go. So all of these points are going to change. But before we do that, let's check in with our roving reporter, Emily Miller. Emily, what have you got for us? Well, Chris, I'm reporting from the International Space Station, 254 miles or about 400 kilometers above the Earth. And I can tell you that it's very tense up here. They have just deployed the largest scale ever made to see how much our planet weighs. And now a hush has fallen over the space station as the Earth is moving on to the scale. We're already up to a trillion kilograms. No, make that three trillion kilograms, and the Earth is still not put its full weight on the scale. Okay, here we go. We've got a number. Planet Earth is topping the scale at around six trillion trillion kilograms. How heavy is that? Well, it's the equivalent of 750 million trillion elephants, which is pretty hefty. But the scientists tell me that that's about right for a planet our size. And as you can hear in the background, everyone is excited to get started on their next project, building a bathroom large enough for this giant scale. Okay, back to you, Chris. Thanks for that report, Emily. And I wish them luck with that bathroom. And that brings us to our next quiz. Fantastic. For this quiz, I'm going to ask each contestant a series of 10 rapid-fire questions. Every time they answer a question correctly, they get one point. If they don't know the answer, you can just say pass or don't know, and we'll move on. You each have 45 seconds to get through the questions. Sanjana, we're going to start with you. What is the most mined mineral in the world? Coal. Very good. Question two. What is the world's largest hot desert? Sahara. The three types of rocks are igneous, metamorphic, and what else? Sedimentary. Brilliant. What do we call the giant slabs of rock that make up the Earth's outer layer? Tectonic plates. Fantastic. What infamous volcano erupted in 79 CE, burying the town of Pompeii in Italy in ash? Mount Vesuvius. Fantastic. Two-thirds of monarchy in Hawaii lies under what? The sea. How many points or sides do most snowflakes have? Six. Brilliant. Oh, that's a well done. Sanjana, that was incredible. You answered seven questions and you got every question correct. Bravo. Thank you. 
That was awesome. Ella, we'll go to you next. Here are your questions. Name a layer of the atmosphere. Atmosphere. Very good. What is the largest collective structure of living things called? The Great Barrier Reef. Brilliant. What do we call the imaginary lines drawn around the Earth parallel to the equator? Latitude lines. Oh, fantastic. What is the world's highest mountain range? The Himalayas. Brilliant. What do we call giant waves triggered by underwater earthquakes? Tsunamis. Fantastic. What is the name of the scale used to measure mineral hardness? Mohs scale. Ooh, fantastic. What is the process used to get iron out of rock? Smelting. Brilliant. The three major types of fossil fuels are coal, oil, and what else? Natural gas. Uh, what? Oh, wow. That was amazing, Ella, because, you know, usually on this show, we only get through seven questions in 45 seconds. But you got through eight questions and you got them all correct, which gives you eight points. Yay! Thank you. Okay. Last but not least, it's Duncan's turn. Duncan, are you ready? Yep. Okay. Here are your questions. The major layers of the earth are the crust, the mantle, and what else? Core. Very good. What is the Earth's magnetic field called? Magnetosphere. Very good indeed. What is the Earth's deepest ocean point? Challenger Deep. Wonderful. What is the name of the supercontinent that existed about 335 million years ago? Pangea. Brilliant. What do we call the giant cracks that nearly all earthquakes happen along? False. Brilliant. What is the hardest mineral? Diamond. Excellent. What do we call high, wispy clouds made of ice crystals? Cirrus. Fantastic. What is the name for scientists who study weather and climate? Meteorologists. What is the world... Oh, fantastic. Again, Duncan, that was awesome. You got through eight questions, and you got all the questions correct, which gives you eight points. Thank you. You guys are doing great, but I need to take a break after that. And it's a good thing, too because this is the part of the show where I get to relax and let our contestants ask some questions. And we have a very special guest with us today, Dr. Paul Ulrich. Dr. Ulrich is a climate scientist and a professor of atmospheric science at the University of California, Davis. He was also a contributor to Britannica's all-new kids' encyclopedia, What We Know and What We Don't. Hello, Dr. Ulrich. Hello, Chris. Thanks for having me. Well, it's a great pleasure to have you on the show, and we have got some amazing contestants here, and I know they are super eager to ask you their questions. So, let's get started straight away. Duncan, why don't we start with you? What would you like to ask Dr. Ulrich? Can you tell me more about the space adventure video game you designed? That's an interesting question, Duncan. Thank you very much. The basic idea was you wanted to colonize other planets throughout the solar system, and you did so by building up ships and resources that were needed and then mining other planets in order to obtain resources in order to further build more ships and expand exponentially throughout the solar system. But you did so as a corporation that was competing with other corporations to do so in basically a lawless version of the galaxy. Thank you. Duncan, that's a terrific question because I had no idea that our expert was also a computer games designer, but you'd obviously done your research. Uh, but uh, Duncan, you've taken our expert right down a trip down memory lane. So I think he's going to be fascinated to find out what Ella's question is going to be. Ella, are you there? Yes. Hi. What would you like to ask Dr. Ulrich? I would like to ask you how many less cows would we need to have to positively affect the methane amount they emit into our atmosphere? That's a tough question as well. 
So as we know, basically cows are major sources of methane. And this methane, of course, acts as a greenhouse gas, which then traps heat near the surface, consequently leading to greenhouse warming. And unfortunately, that methane is basically produced through cow farts. Um, And cow farts, of course, are produced by just the natural digestive system associated with the cows. So regardless of how many cows you have, the amount of methane you're going to generally produce is pretty proportional to the number of cows you have. If you have one-tenth as many cows, you have one-tenth as much methane that's produced. Although there are many scientific studies nowadays that are suggesting by doing things like adding seaweed, of all things, to a cow's diet, you can actually cut down on the total methane emissions that they produce and reduce the greenhouse gas footprint associated with cows. So it's not just simply a matter of reducing the number of cows, but we have to inherently reduce the amount of methane produced by those cows as well. Wow, we're learning so many new things. That's incredible. Well, thank you for that, Ella. Uh, Sanjana, have you got a question for Dr. Ulrich? Yes, I do. Dr. Ulrich, how come the Earth's atmosphere stays intact and doesn't leak into space? An excellent question. Uh, And actually, this is something that I've studied before, because one would imagine that you would have some leakage, at least. And this naturally does occur through a process known as hydrodynamic escape. So there's a term that you can use next time somebody asks you that. So hydrodynamic escape basically does say that there are eventually molecules that are sufficiently vibrating fast enough, hot enough, that they're able to escape from the top of the Earth's atmosphere and out to space. But it's a very slow process. And as those molecules go spinning off far away from the planet, gravity is, of course, pulling them back down. And any collision that they make with any other molecule removes that energy from the molecule and consequently it makes it much easier in order to pull it back down to the surface. So the lightest weight gases like hydrogen escape actually very readily from the Earth's atmosphere, but the heavier gases such as oxygen gas and nitrogen gas are much harder to escape. And so they naturally just stay close to the Earth's surface and consequently there isn't a massive loss in terms of the Earth's atmosphere overall. The Earth's atmosphere is also being replenished very slowly through leaking gas from beneath the surface and the two processes basically balance each other. Sanjana, that was a terrific question. And thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Ulrich. And we hope you can stay with us because we're coming up to the last question of the game. Bonus round. So right now, we have a tie in first place with Ella on 19 points, Sanjana on 19 points, and Duncan, who is in third place with 17 points. But each of you can double your score if you give the right answer to this next question. And this one is a little different from the other questions because it's less about facts and more about using your imagination. So I'm going to ask you to listen to a song. And as you're listening to the song, send me a secret message telling me what you think the song is about. So everyone listen carefully. Here it is. It's because of the Earth and its friendly orbit We're not too cold or hot It is a habitable zone, great for making liquid water So life can exist in this spot Everything's just right For you to guess the name And if you know your fairy tales You will do well in this game Show that you know what you know. Bow, bow. Wow, wasn't that a terrific song? Now, I hope you've all been trying to type in the answer, telling me what you think that song was about. And after you hear me count to three, 
I want you to press your buzzers and reveal the answers. Okay, are you ready? Yes. Good. Here we go. One, two, three. Oh, look at that. I have got three correct answers. And the answer is... The Goldilocks Zone. That is just fantastic. The final scores are in. So we have... In third place, with 34 points, it's Duncan. Congratulations, Duncan. Thank you. And we have in joint first place. First time ever we've had a tie for first place. We have Ella and we have Sanjana, both of them on 38 points. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. You are the winners of today's episode of Show What You Know. Before we hand out our prizes, I want to thank all of our contestants for playing Show What You Know. Duncan, Ella, Sanjana, you three did a terrific job, and I hope you enjoyed being on the show as much as I enjoyed having you on the show. Yes, yeah, so much fun. So fun. Thank you. Great. Well, Kurt, why don't you tell our contestants what they won? Thanks, Chris, for showing us what they know. Each of our contestants will be receiving a copy of the Britannica all-new Kids Encyclopedia, What We Know and What We Don't. They will also be receiving a year-long subscription to Britannica Kids Online Premium with over 1 million pages of fact-checked content, podcasts, videos, interactive coverage of major historical events, and access to Britannica's three-volume first edition. And our grand prize winners will be receiving a six-month subscription to KiwiCo, the company that empowers kids to explore, create, and have fun with hands-on building kits delivered monthly to their home. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today as we explored planet Earth. We hope you can join us next time when the topic will be the material world, or what we call matter. Until then, this is Christopher Lloyd reminding all of you that the real world is far more amazing than anything you can make up. Sound engineer and editor for Show What You Know is Ryan Staples. Our Q&A researchers are Alison Eldridge, Joan Lukowski, and Fia Bigelow. Our production assistant is Emily Goldstein. Chris's guests today were Duncan, Ella, and Sanjana. Music was by Jacob Denny. Original songs by Dennis Scott. Show What You Know was written, directed, and produced by Rick Sigelkow. Our executive producer is Rick Livingston, and I'm your announcer, Kurt Heinz. This program is copyrighted by Encyclopedia Britannica, Incorporated. All rights reserved. <laughs>